Hi, this is Mike Glenn, and I'm, I'm glad to welcome you back to another episode of Overtime, which is a podcast that comes out of the extension of, uh, of the preaching ministry of Kairos. Kairos is a midweek, Tuesday night uh, worship experience for young adults uh, that's been going on at Brentwood Baptist Church for a little over 10 years now, and so I have been uh, the teaching pastor for most of that 10 years. And it's, uh, it's some of the most fun I have is being uh, able to engage with young adults about uh, about things that uh, really matter uh, in these formative uh, years of their life when they're making decisions about uh, who am I going to be as a husband or a wife or a father or mother, uh, what career we choose and all of that. Uh, one of uh, the things, as you can imagine, that has taken uh, the time of a lot of conversations has been the... Uh, uh, the discussion about the George Zimmerman Trayvon Martin trial that just ended uh, several days ago with a not guilty verdict on George uh, Zimmerman. Uh, now, my friends who stay up late at night and study the law tell me that given the tight restrictions that the judge gave uh, the the jury and the tight uh, restrictions of the way that law is written, that uh, under the circumstances, the jury really had no choice but to find Zimmerman guilty. Uh, that uh, maybe the prosecution overplayed their hand uh, by going after the murder conviction when they should have gone after a lesser charge such as uh, involuntary manslaughter or negligent homicide or something like that where uh, a negligent act by George Zimmerman caused the death rather than the intent uh, to kill. Uh, here, here are are the facts as best we can lay them out without anybody's politics getting involved. Um, there had been a rash of robberies in this Sanford, Florida neighborhood. The um, neighborhood watch had uh, stepped up their efforts, uh, and George Zimmerman was a member of that neighborhood watch uh, team. He was patrolling uh, the neighborhood uh, during that night, and uh, was armed. He had a, a legal firearm with him, and he had um, permission to carry a concealed weapon. He spots Trayvon Martin, and who is 17, and who is a uh, a tall, strong young man who um, who was uh, pretty good at fighting. And, and we found that out from the downloads of his uh, Twitter account and some of his social media that that he had been in f- uh, a lot of fights and had studied uh, at least the fighting techniques of mixed martial arts and uh, those kinds of, of, of fighting techniques and um, and kind of prided himself on being able to do that. Uh, he had a history of, of, uh, of some drug use. Uh, at least marijuana, uh, and they think that uh, when he had stopped at the store before, that the the uh, flavored drink he got uh, and the Skittles was a uh, was an attempt to to uh, to make a short uh, to make a kind of homemade version of liquor involving cough syrup, uh, this Hawaiian flavored drink, and Skittles, and supposedly there have been those who have. Uh, who have found evidence that uh, this was a frequent habit of his. Uh, anyway, we have a situation, uh, from all we know now, that was ripe for this kind of, of, of mistake. Um, George Zimmerman sees Trayvon Martin, uh, calls in uh, a suspicious character. The police tell him to stay in the car. He does not stay in the car. He gets out of the car. When he gets out of the car, either he confronted Trayvon Martin or Trayvon Martin confronted him. Um, 
there is a fight. Trayvon Martin seems to be winning the fight and is uh, in control of uh, Zimmerman somehow. Either he's on top of him, he's got him pinned somehow. And uh, George Zimmerman fears for his life, pulls out his pistol somehow, and shoots Trayvon Martin in the chest point blank. Uh, Trayvon Martin dies instantly, and uh, and we have uh, uh, the national controversy that comes from that. Uh, and we have people lying on every side of it. Uh, I, I hate to be blunt like that, but that's that's the reality. Um, uh, Trayvon Martin was not an angelic uh, straight A student, and we were shown pictures of of when he was a baby, not when he was seventeen. Uh, we were given a lot of misinformation, trying to paint him in a in a in a way that, uh, you know, you would have thought he was on his way to Sunday school. He wasn't. Uh, George Zimmerman is, is George Zimmerman is a confusing, uh, concerning kind of figure. Uh, this guy was uh, was running around town with a loaded weapon uh, and on a neighborhood watch. And I understand all of that, but he did what a neighborhood watch is supposed to do. He called the police. They told him to sit in the car. The police are supposed to take this kind of action. Had he waited in the car and uh, stayed on Trayvon Martin, kept his eyes on Trayvon Martin, then the police could have handled this and we would not have had a story. Uh, But he didn't. He wanted to do something more. He felt he needed to do something more. The gun gave him more courage. We won't ever know the whole story. But here's here's what uh, I want you to think about. And we often, you know, lay around and, and, and wax philosophical about this worldview thing we talk about. about. It's how uh, the assumptions you have about the world you live in and the assumptions you have about what you have to do and who you have to be to live in it. And the fact of the matter is, um, not to downplay any of the suffering uh, by anybody, you have a clash of worldviews happening there. Uh, George Zimmerman thinks the world is a dangerous place. He thinks the world is so dangerous that the only way you can protect yourself is to carry a loaded weapon. Uh, he thinks that it is so dangerous that it, it is now past the point of protecting yourself that you have to be aggressive in attacking the threat. Uh, and so he confronts Trayvon Martin, even though he's not trained to do it, even though he's not capable of doing it, and then gets himself in over his head real quick. Um, I was a chaplain for the Brentwood Police Department. I got to see them train, uh, and, and you wouldn't believe how much time police officers spend in non-threatening, non-violent confrontation. Uh, how how hard they work to defuse a situation, not to escalate it, but but to talk it down so that we can have some kind of calm resolution of the situation. Uh, they would not have a tra- have approached uh, Trayvon Martin with their weapons drawn. They they would have they would have talked him down and probably arrested him with that incident. Uh, George Zimmerman did not give them the chance to do that um, because he thought the world was such a place that he needed to be have a weapon. When Trayvon Martin turned on him, his worldview said, "See, the world is a dangerous place. You have to take action to defend yourself." On the other hand, Trayvon Martin's worldview is I'm a black man in a white world. I get uh, carded uh, walking down the street. I get pulled over for driving while black. Um, and, and the world is hostile against me. And the only way I can confront the world is to be better than the world. Um, the, old, the old saying is, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I'm the meanest son of a gun in the valley. And that was Trayvon Martin's worldview. 
So when he is confronted by George Zimmerman, he feels like he's being hassled unfairly by a white guy, even though George Zimmerman is Hispanic. Um, His assumption is, here's another white guy coming to pick on me, and I have to defend myself. So he attacks George Zimmerman. You have George Zimmerman confronting uh, uh, Tavon Martin to the point that that, uh, Tavon feels that he is trapped and has to defend himself. And you have Trayvon Martin saying, here's another white guy coming to hassle me. I'm, I'm going to whip him. And uh, not knowing, of course, that George Zimmerman had a loaded weapon with him. Now, that's why Jesus talks about the importance of what you think about. And that's why, after giving us 11 chapters of the, some of the deepest theology we have in the New Testament in the book of Romans, Paul says at the beginning of chapter 12, Don't conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed. Now, how do you do that? By the renewing of your mind. Don't allow the patterns of the world to to define your worldview. Don't look out at a a Clint Eastwood movie or or the latest uh, crime statistics and decide this is an evil world, and therefore we have to act certain ways. We have to protect ourselves and and take matters into our own hands. Uh, we are to have a mind the same as, as Christ did. And we are to understand that even in this moment, eternity is at stake. Uh, and, and to live knowing that each moment is ripe and filled with eternity and with things that matter. You know, the sad thing about this is after every, everything's said and done and after everybody goes home, uh, there's a 17-year-old boy who's dead, and we'll never get the chance to see if he could turn his life around, if he could make something out of himself, if he could change. Uh, there are a lot of us who, that if our life ended at 17, our life story would be very, very different than it is now. Who, who knows what, what kind of potential and what kind of moment Trayvon Martin could have had, but we'll never know now because at the end of it, because of some very bad thinking on everybody's part, um, Uh, a life was taken. So here's your homework. Uh, Check your mind. What's your worldview? When you look at the world, what kind of assumptions are you working on? Are these assumptions valid? Uh, And when you test your assumptions against reality, what do your assumptions say that you have to do to live well in this world? What does it mean to live well in this world? How do you define that? See, these are the kind of things that form your worldview. Uh, and the problem with the worldview or the reality of the worldview is it forms the way you live. It forms the per- uh, person that you become. Um, George Zimmerman had a worldview. It led to tragedy. Uh, Tavon Martin had a worldview. It, it cost him his life. Uh, so do not take this assignment uh, lightly. Uh, but spend some time uh, uh, thinking about what you think about, checking your brain, and, uh, and as we say back home, getting your mind right. Uh, because it is in the transformation of your thinking, the transformation of your mind, uh, that leads you to uh, to a life that is able to transcend the pressure of the world around us that would conform us to unhealthy uh, patterns. So uh, I hope you'll take some time and uh, and think about your worldviews and the assumptions that, that make them up. And if you have a question or if you want to talk to me more about this, I'd love to hear about you. I'd love to hear what you're thinking and what you got to say. Uh, and the best way to get hold of me is Mike and Mike Glenn Online. Mike and Mike Glenn Online, that's two N's. 
uh, and uh, I'd, I'll uh, make uh, uh, your email a future topic of, of, of one of these podcasts. Uh, this podcast and other podcasts will be available there, and I'll certainly look forward to you taking the time to hear them, and uh, I would love to hear, hear, hear your feedback. So, again...